A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Hello and welcome. If you want to find out more about the show or learn about anything we mention here, you can visit our website, forever35podcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at forever35pod and Instagram at forever35podcast and on Facebook where the Forever 35 Facebook group password is serums. You can also sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast slash newsletter. Forever35podcast.com. Oh, I forgot that part. I forgot that important part of of a website. I feel like that's kind of implied, but I just wanted to make sure that, you know, people were in the loop, as they say. But if you do want to call or text us, you can do that at 781-591-0390. You can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. We do always appreciate a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, and I believe Spotify now has Mm. podcast ratings. I have not investigated this situation, so I could be wrong, but I had heard that they were starting them. So check that out. Keep us posted, Spotify. Let us us know. Yes. 
I, I tend to listen to my podcasts on Apple Podcasts now. That's where I've like migrated. I used to be on like a app called, I think, Downcast, and now I'm over yeah. on Apple Podcasts. You know, it's funny. I so I listen to my music on Spotify. Me too. And I was like, well, I could just listen to my podcasts on Spotify. That would be easy. And I find that listening to podcasts on Spotify is fine as long as you know what you want to be listening to. Like if you search for a podcast mm-hmm, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to subscribe to this podcast. But if you're just like poking around and you want to like find a new podcast, Spotify is not great for that. I actually do find that Apple podcast is interesting. Is kind of the best for discovery in my opinion. I also, okay. I did also used to use pocket casts and I do really like pocket casts, but, um, I don't know. Sometimes I'll just like look for a new podcast on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I just want something new to listen to. It's fun to search around, you know, it it's fun to is, just poke Kate. around. It is. <laughs> wow. You're so adamant. I mean, there's also whatever. I don't want to get too wonky. There's some things about the, the way that Spotify plays podcasts that like I don't love, but whatever. It's fine. Oh my gosh. I could get wonky about podcast players also. Really? Because Apple Pod yeah, because Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to a podcast that you're not subscribed to and you like close out of the app, it doesn't pick up where you were listening. It makes you restart the episode. And that makes me Oh my bonkers. gosh. That is it so makes- annoying me bonkers. Now I try to subscribe to podcasts because I know that it's actually very important to the, you know, the success yeah, of the podcast yeah, yeah, of course. as a podcaster. But like sometimes I'm just like, oh, check this episode out. And then I like go back to get to it and it's gone. Anyway, Dory, that's my wonky podcast commentary. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I think we can continue this conversation. Yeah. Off air. <laughs> or Over a cup air. of coffee. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or on air. We'll dedicate a whole episode to this. What do we like and not like about podcast players? Indeed. So we received a message this week uh, with a listener suggestion that we thought might make for an interesting conversation at the start of this episode. Someone did, wrote indeed. to us, you know, it is it is mid-March. And as we do now, we reflect every mid-March about how like, oh, wow, we've been at this pandemic thing for, you know, Two years now, you know, mid-March. For for those of us in the United States, I should say, this is different where you are located. But for those of us uh, in most of the United States, mid-March was when things just kind of shut down and and started to feel very, very hairy. So Mm -hmm. a a listener wrote to us and said, oh, my God, y'all should do a two-year anniversary here for you podcast episode and talk more about what has stuck and how you've evolved. Imagine if you were still doing daily episodes, but I think you can be grateful for things that came out of the pandemic. I used to always go to the bar or out to eat with friends, and then in lockdown, I couldn't and started running and found a deep love for it. I'm running my first half marathon on Sunday and now would rather spend my free time running rather than drinking. I don't think I would have found this passion without the pandemic, and I'm grateful I got here. Hmm. 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 So to refresh your memory, or for those listeners who maybe have only just started listening to us recently, for about a month in the pandemic, I don't know, two months. Dory, do you remember? Two months? Yeah. Um, We did it for two months. We did a daily podcast. We did a daily podcast. 
Well, first we were like, we're just going to do this. I think we said four weeks because we thought lockdown was going to be two weeks long. LOL. We thought we would, it would get fixed. We did. Two non-doctors slash non-scientists. We really thought it would be over quickly or just that we would like get back to life. Yeah. 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 Joke's on us. <sighs> the joke is indeed on us. So we we started doing this daily podcast, I believe, around like March 22nd or 23rd and did it for two straight months. And then it kind of became clear like, oh, this is not ending anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Slash sustaining a daily podcast was it was a lot of it was I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a lot of work, especially because you did the production. I was just along for the ride because I think I said to you, like, I can't. I have two kids who I'm supposed to like teach. I can't do right. this. And you were like, I've got it. Yes. And so you were doing the like editing and production. I was. But you know what? We we were doing like minimal editing. Okay, right. Okay, fair. Um like I think we had decided that we were gonna kind of like edit as we um recorded. Mm-hmm. So like if we said something that we were like, oh wait, no, let's take that out. Um, I would take it out later, but I was not going through and like editing each episode like we would with an episode of Forever 35 because I was like, I don't have the time to do this. I was like basically just like slapping the episodes together and posting them. So we did that for two months. I think it was it was a good experience for us because we got to talk to someone every day, right? Like we got to have human connection. Mm -hmm. and. It was nice because listeners were checking in and sharing. Yeah, it was really it you know, I I remember like right before we started doing here for you, we had done some stuff on the regular pod about COVID and we had talked to I think we had talked to people in like Italy we had a list. We talked to a listener in Italy. We talked to, there was a person in New York who had called in because they were already quarantine, quarantining in early March. Yeah. We were definitely starting to hear from people who were, you know, who were ahead of where we were in California. Um, and we did a, we did a whole episode about it right at the start. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember at the and beginning, then- I was like, I don't know, like, do we, we didn't know what was happening. So it was like, are we going to talk about yeah, this? It wasn't like early clear. in January. It yeah. wasn't clear. Then it became very clear mm-hmm. we were going to talk about this. Yeah. So I don't know, Kate, what do you think about what this listener wrote um, <sighs> that you can be grateful for things that came out of the pandemic? Okay. So I, oh, I was reading a front that this is actually, I was reading someone's private inst- Facebook post about grief and they said something that really resonated with me, which was they, we wouldn't, it was basically like uh, over the loss of a person, like I wouldn't be who I am without you. And I also wouldn't be who I am without losing you. And that felt very profound to me because one thing I've had a hard time articulating personally and kind of grappling with is that like, you know, with my own mom's passing away, I grew in a lot of ways from losing her and changed Mm. and developed for the better as a person. Like it shaped me 
in ways that are positive, but it was in- incredibly awful. You know, I, I wouldn't want to go through that, but I did. I had to. So anyway, I think that the same thing can be said of the pandemic is that it, it changed us. And part of the ways that it could have possibly changed our lives are for the better, even though the experience was bad and is bad and has hurt so many people. And I think this is like a confusing aspect of grief and loss and all these kinds of things is that there can be growth from a really shitty thing. Mm. So that's something I've thought about a lot personally. And I think kind of I hear being echoed in what this listener is saying. I really, I mean, that's, uh, that seems like such a good way of looking at it because I do think the initial, like my initial reaction to this is like, even if I felt that way, like I would never want to say it because, yeah, you know, so like such horrible things have happened. But I think you're right. We can like hold space for both of those things. Yeah. Because we, we, you know, we have to honor, the, not honor, but we have to acknowledge the fact that there has been rampant loss of life and continuing complications with health or way, ways in which this has impacted people financially. I mean, just it's the implications of this pandemic are devastating. And, you know, I, I think we want to make sure we we note that. But I think you like you're saying, Dory, there is also space that for some people they've experienced things, you know, this has changed them in a way kind of like how it's possibly changed the American work week and the expectation of going into the office and the nine to five. Like there is real pushback happening right now. Like finally employers, like it's like, no, I'm not going to go sit in an office from nine to five. Like I can get my shit done on Thursday night if I need to. And I can get my shit done from home and you can't argue any different now. Yeah. So there, there is interesting things that would never have happened without this freaking pandemic. <sighs> yeah, I mean I and, and I think that we're only just like we have not even begun to sort of grapple with the ways in which society has changed, will continue to change because of COVID. Yeah, it it's going to keep rippling um and po- keep changing. I mean, we are not yeah. out of we are not out of this. You know, no, we are not out of this at all. Has 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 the last two years of the pandemic changed anything for you? Like similar to how this listener like got into running, have you had anything like that? I mean, yeah, I've like I've talked. I feel like I've oh talked yeah, you've about talked about this. Podcast. Yeah, like, you do more activities. I've, I got into tennis. Mm-hmm. I got into piano. I got into poker. I got into mahjong. I like, oh, yeah, you know, look I at like you. Yeah, I got into, I mean, I got into Peloton. Um, You know, we got our Peloton bike three months into the pandemic. So, yeah, I mean, a lot, I feel like a lot about my life has, I mean, a lot about my life has changed. Um, Things are just, things are, things are different. My day to day is very different. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, you what know, if, what about you? Well, it's, you know, it's hard because 
the year that my kids were home doing remote school for an entire year was extremely hard. Yeah. And in so many ways that are, you know, not appropriate to even get into on the podcast because they're, you know, private and personal to our family. But like it was, there are no ways to really capture how hard it was. And I think I've said this before, but like, and I'm, I'm a very privileged person coming from a person who is financially able to handle it, who had a school district that was able, you know, I mean, just the amount of privilege I had in the situation is like never ending. And even with that, it was really, really hard. And I feel like I'm still kind of grappling with that. But it also, mm-hmm. I, I do think, made our family closer. I mean, I've spent more time with my kids and my husband than I ever expected to. And that has been really, like, we really do feel like a family unit, for better or for mm. worse. And that's been really wonderful, even though, like, we all drive each other nuts. Um. And that's just been interesting. Like, that's just, I don't know what, what it would have been like over the last couple of years if we hadn't had all this very intense, weird time together. Um, in terms of me, like, personally, I haven't had, like, like, I didn't, like, pick up a hobby. I feel like, you know me, I pick up a new hobby every week and then I put it down. But you, like, have been writing books. <laughs> I have. Well, it's been, it's weird because it's been a time of like professional growth for me. I mean, I sold my novel in like April 2020. And so, and my book just came out and I have another one coming out. So that's, that's also been kind of interesting to like emotionally re- like reckon with where I'm like, I'm having the like career I've always wanted. And like, I can do it in this shitty nightmare pandemic and like, yikes, you know, I don't know. So that's been interesting. I think also just, you know, there is a deeper appreciation for what we have. At least I I try to remember that like a a way really try to tap into gratitude if I can, because baby. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been, I've been grateful that you know no one in my family has suffered like health wise like people have Mm. gotten covid in my family but like knock on wood like it doesn't seem like anyone has long covid and no one has died and so like i'm very grateful for that um yeah i mean and i didn't have to deal with having two kids doing remote school because my child was so little um but I feel like we are we are kind of navigating um you know the fact that he was pretty isolated from other kids for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um but oh, you know, he's like he'll be fine. He's I'm not worried about him. Um but yeah. I don't know. I mean the other thing is like we did we've done this podcast through the pandemic and we did it before the pandemic i know you know so it's like interesting to just sort of look at it and see the see the changes and see the evolution of it from before the pandemic to through the pandemic now like i i mean i think we're still in the pandemic but it seems like we've entered a different phase of the pandemic so feels like we've entered a phase where like this pandemic is going to keep going, but we just want to get back to life. 
Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm offering commentary on America, not necessarily my feelings, but yeah, I mean, cause you know, Europe is having a surge, like there's a surge again on the horizon for a story. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's just going to be like, how do we, how do we sort of navigate all of this? Um, and, and it does, it does sort of feel like the thing, like it's going to be with us for a long time, but like, maybe it's not. I mean, the, you know, the, yeah. the flu pandemic of 1918, like did last for a few years, but then it went away, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it will probably end. <laughs> Yeah, but um, it's just it's hard to think about now. It is. It really is. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I think is that I do think it made us appreciate the people in our lives a lot more because the second access mm-hmm. to them was taken away for so many of us. Um, that really, like, I just miss. I miss not only like my friends who are far away, but just like the the ease and casualness of like a last minute get together or like grabbing a coffee or seeing your friend at your like co-working space. I mean, all that was just gone, you know, seeing, seeing other parents at school drop off and the people I like to chat with, like all those things, that human interaction, which I do think is so necessary for us to thrive. Um, Mm -hmm. But that being said, I do think that's what made podcasts so amazing in this pandemic. And getting to like be the person who makes one, just the fact that I got to check, talk to you all the time and still do. I know that was great. And like we got to keep going, even though we weren't, you know, we don't record in person anymore. We record remotely. I know that's what's so wild to think about. We used to get together like two times a week with Sammy too. Yeah. And record a podcast and eat lunch together and all that jazz. And so that is, yeah. Yeah. Someday soon, maybe we'll get together and do that again. But I don't know the ease of just being like, I'm hopping on my computer. Like I don't have to drive. You don't have to drive to my house. You know, all Mm -hmm. that stuff is, it's very interesting. Well, I'd love to hear how things have changed for listeners. If they have thoughts or reflections on the last two years. And we should say we're still here for you. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, okay, we have an amazing guest today. Dory, I don't even know where to <laughs> begin about this conversation. We had the... And I know we say that a lot. <sighs> we do, but can we talk, like, talking about, like, our the privilege that we have doing this podcast, we get to speak to the most amazing people. Yeah. Like it's just been incredible getting to do this podcast and the people we get to talk to. So if we say that all the time, it's just because like every conversation we have just feels amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked to Jessamine Stanley this week and I don't know, Dory, it was like, I could have, I wish we could have kept her on the phone for like five hours. Same. If you are not familiar with Jessamine's work, she is an internationally acclaimed voice in wellness, highly sought after for her sights on 21st century yoga and intersectional identity. Her first book, Everybody Yoga, Let Go of Fear, Get on the Mat, Love Your Body, has inspired global audiences to discover the power of yoga and set forth on a path for personal development. And her second book is called Yoke, My Yoga of Self-Acceptance, which was released in June 2021, which 
has just a series of really funny, honest, gritty, and thoughtful kind of autobiographical essays about self-love, body positivity, race, sex, sexuality, cannabis, all through the lens of yoga. In addition to being a yoga teacher, she is the co-founder of We Go High NC, which is a Southern cannabis justice organization working to increase cannabis across cannabis access in prohibition states and highlight the natural connection between cannabis consumption and prison abolition. It's really, really interesting. It was really, I mean, she's just an incredible human. I don't even know what to say. I I know. I know. I loved I loved our conversation so much. I did too. Um, so, all right, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Jessamine. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get or, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just <laughs> going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires. It's like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday 
lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just 
like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos. And like within a few weeks, I had done the consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. All right. Well, Jessamine, we are so excited to be talking to you today on Forever 35. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here with y'all. Um, well, we like to start all of our conversations with our guests by asking them about a self-care practice that they have. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, we would like to know what is kind of currently going on for you in the realm of self-care. Mm, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for asking. Because I, when you first said it, I was like, I have a lot of self-care practices. So I don't really know like where to even start with that. But I think the thing that has been that's like a slight shift for me is going outside to work when I can. Mm-hmm. That feels like a really important like just like um because I'll get into these circuits with work where I'm like, I have to finish this. I know after that next thing, then I can go outside or like I'll I isolate the being outside with like, this is my outside time, not this is my outside yes. working time. And so like just being able to say this work is fine to do outside and like I can just go out there and just feeling the sunshine sometimes makes such a difference. It's like I can, it can turn the whole ship around. So that definitely is a big one for me, but I have so many, I'm curious what y'all's self-care practices are, but. Oh no, no, no. We're not turning this around (laughs) on us. Tell you later. You are in the hot seat today. (laughs) You Um, know my tricks. Yeah. (laughs) But Um, podcaster sees podcaster, right? Yeah, exactly. You know what it's like to be on the other other side of things. So (laughs) I Um, I love that though, because as living in California, uh, there is like it, it's such a bounty. Like it's just so amazing to be able to be outside in the sunshine. And I, I love how you reframe that because so often I do the same thing where I'm like, my reward will be sitting in the sun. And it's mm-hmm. like, I could do both, but I never let myself. 
literally. And I mean, actually, that was a huge part of why my girlfriend and I decided to start full-time RVing was that we wanted to spend more time outside. Mm. Well, I don't want to speak for her. That's why I (laughs) needed it because I felt like I spent so much of my life in boxes, like just like you go from one box to another and they're temperature controlled. And like that creates for me a feeling of not being connected to the earth at all. And so that shift to like living mobily and living on campgrounds and like just being in nature all the time was really crucial and really helpful for me, like just managing through the end of this past year. But um, we just recently started renting a house in Northern California. And the shift with that, even though like I still live much of my life in and around the RV going into the house all the time, there's still this thing of boxes where like you end up just being in a box all day and remembering that like, oh, I'm not a robot. I'm meant to be in the sunshine. I'm a primal animal, actually. Like that feels really helpful. Did you find that? Oh, oh, sorry, Dory. No, go ahead, Kate. I just want to ask about the RV journey. Did you, did you find that that helps you reconnect to the earth? And then I guess my second question was, what were some of the challenges within your relationship, if there were any kind of taking it in this new, having it in a new space, like RVing, that is that is an intense journey. <laughs> yes, it is. And I did, I mean, okay, so to the question of did it help me connect to nature more? Definitely. Because mm. like the places that we chose to park were very much like, away from it all, which has its pros and cons if you run digital businesses. So there are a lot of like cons, I would say, to being so far from um, modern civilization. But um, the benefit is that you're like always within a stone's throw of a stream. There's always a hike Mm -hmm. around. You have to hike just to like do basic stuff. Like making a fire is a necessary part of keeping warm in certain parts of the country. So like it was it's it asks for things that I think living indoors doesn't. And Mm -hmm. like, it really is that like you live outside. So like the front, our front yard or our front, um, like under our awning is like a room in the house. So like you have to be outside to even be in the house. And that for me, it's just really nice. Like it's nice to remember that, um, the best things in life are free, ultimately, mm. the, the mm. beauty of this, um, of this land and just being able to appreciate it, which especially like when you think of how fucked so much of this world is in so many parts where like it's not safe to be yourself. Like you can't, people can't just, they can't go outside and feel safe, you know? And so to live somewhere where that is the case, like just feels like something that I want to take advantage of. So that has, that's definitely a benefit of it. Um, But the transition to going to living in a 59 square foot RV from living in like an over 2000 square foot house was massive. And it was further complicated by the fact that my girlfriend and I were living in that house with my other partner who still lives in North Carolina and who I had been living with uh, for like a decade um, before that. So the transition of like, 
my other partner living by themselves and me and my girlfriend moving into this very small house and just like moving constantly, because that's another thing with full-time RVing is that you're in a constant state of motion. Like unless you decide to be stable, you have to move a lot. And so, yeah, it caused a lot of chaos and it's actually all on my podcast, Dear Jessamine, which you can find anywhere that you listen to podcasts. But yeah, so (laughs) many things for sure. I was just going to ask, as someone who also moved from the East Coast to the West Coast and personally found like I felt like my whole sort of perspective shifted. Have you found that as well? Like what other kinds of shifts have happened for you? First of all, I'm I'm so curious what part of the East Coast you moved from and did you move straight to Southern California or was there I, I okay, I I'm not supposed to twist the question. Well, but we, no, no, no. You we, can, so we curious, should tell please. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I grew up I grew up in Boston, but I was living mm-hmm. um in New York when I totally. right before moving to uh LA. Yes, and I and I moved directly to LA. And I had the Absolutely. same path. I also grew up in Boston. We Very did not know each other. Didn't though. know each other, lived in New York <laughs> for ten years and then moved out here. Yeah. Interesting. Did y'all move to New York for school? Were you like in Boston until then? No, I was in Maine for school and then moved to New York just to try to have a, you know, have a new life. And, uh, and then I loved it, but we moved here for career reasons. Womp womp. But, but I also like it. California's, I had a similar experience as Dory where it felt like my shoulders kind of went down an inch Mm. a little bit. Mm And I don't know, I don't know what that is. I don't know if you felt the same. I definitely think that if I had come from a place like New York or Boston, there would be a dramatic shoulder release upon (laughs) arrival here because the energy is so fundamentally different. Like it's, I think a lot of it is weather related, honestly. Like it is so, even the warmest that it gets in New England is like not, it's not the same thing. Like the (laughs) the whole, and then also like the way, because of the way that the cities were uh, planned or lack thereof in on the East Coast. It's just so different. Like, so, um, yeah, that's really interesting to me. So I came from North Carolina, which I think in more specifically from, um, I was living in Durham, North Carolina, but I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And North Carolina, part of the reason that I stayed there and grew my businesses there was that it is so chill like Mm. everybody is just Mm. living their life like just trying to get by there's a sense of i think i i don't know really how to i think there's a sense of heritage because of the um lower population the lower density me and less people like moving in and out more people who are from that area i think that that all contributes to like people just being like it's less power driven than some Mm. of the cities um in up north in particular so if it was like really a crucial part of my identity is being from north carolina and Mm. like that and carrying that ethos and coming here it is so interesting to me because, okay, I I spent a good amount of time in California, but in um 
in Northern and Southern California, more in Southern California, but the sunshine here and the consistency of the sunshine and the way that it just, it will beat a bad mood out of you ultimately. Like if you can just be in it, that to me has been so heartening and healing. And I've just been so grateful for it. And even up here in Northern California, we're like, it gets pretty fucking cold, actually. Like yeah, right. low key, like <laughs> really cold. I, and the houses like aren't insulated, right? And- not at all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so not, it's not built for weather right. other than yeah. I think like 65 degrees. Yes. So that is interesting, <laughs> but it, I just feel like the, um, the diversity of like terrain there's just like mountains and ocean and bays and like all kinds of shit just right immediately within reach and like i think also cannabis being legal here has a very specific it has a deep impact on the way that people engage with one another and like just how everybody shows up and that has made a really big impact on me also the hills here are really interesting to like i feel like everybody's just got kind of a suck it up attitude because it's like you might have to go up a 90 degree hill in a moment so like and you just get used to it so oh that's so yeah, funny definitely um you brought up cannabis and mm. i was hoping you could talk a little bit about cannabis as self-care totally that i should i could have said that as the um the self-care practice that is just like the most, yeah the, the one the unsung <laughs> hero of my mm-hmm. of my self-care practices um it is something that i did not know was so healing like my mm-hmm. understanding of cannabis when i was in college and high school was like weed is a party drug like if i never knew i never knew anybody who had the weed honestly like it was i would only come across it in very specific settings and it wasn't a big part of my life at all and then when i was in graduate school my uh, partner was they have been a daily cannabis user for a long time and they introduced me to it in a different way and that paired with my yoga practice which mm. i got into yoga around the same time they together really transformed my understanding of why i'm even here on this planet like why we exist as people and a lot of it has to do with just like being able to find a laugh like it's so hard sometimes like i don't know i'm so curious about y'all's astrology but i'm virgo rising and that virgo placement can make it hard for me to let shit go like at all where Mm -hmm. i'm like Mm -hmm. i have to be right i need to win this is it's important Mm -hmm. And like cannabis just helps me like, just let it go. You're fine. It's not that big of a deal. And on top of that, it's kind of funny that you were pressed like that. So being able to just (laughs) find that laugh whenever shit is not funny is really, really helpful for me and why I think cannabis ultimately, like that's what it offers all of us in, in different forms. So a laugh might come in different forms and, and it can be a physical sensation or physical relief but it can also be an emotional mental and ultimately spiritual release and it's just it's so powerful and it's something that um i think 
offers us um, clarity of thought and independence in a way that is really scary to any government system. And that's why cannabis mm-hmm. is so that's why people are so persecuted for it. Even in places where cannabis is legal, there's still a stigma about what it means to use it. So I hope that through talking about it more and focusing less on like trying to legalize anything and really just trying to destigmatize things, mm. then that will shift. And that's actually the focus of my organization, We Go High, is really just empowering cannabis users to feel like what we do matters and um, who we are as people is important. For someone who's cannabis curious, but is, you know, has existed, like I think many of us have, in a space where it's been so stigmatized, how do you suggest people not only dip a toe into the cannabis space, but do so in a way that is uh, responsible? Because there's so much racial injustice with just within cannabis. Um, and we've been even been called in by listeners on this. Even just learning to use the term cannabis was eye-opening mm-hmm. to me personally. Totally. So is there a way for someone to kind of try it and, and do so in a way that... Um, is supporting the 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 not the movement, but supporting the industry in a positive way. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always helpful to know who you're buying from and where, like, what, who, who. If you can know who grew it, which if mm. you live somewhere where it's not legal, that's all the. This is shit for people who live in places where cannabis yeah. is legal because if yeah. you don't, it's the wild west and you're just doing what you can. But if you live where it's legal and you can get things easily, like. First of all, research as much as you can, because there are so many organizations that specifically focus on like righting all the wrongs of the drug war. The Last Prisoner Project is the first organization that comes up in my mind. But there are a lot of different orgs that even if you don't use cannabis that you can donate to or that you can um, just find out more about that are doing what needs to be done. But if you can know where your weed is grown, if you can know who is selling it, that is really important because a lot of dispensaries are, it's, there are very few minority owned dispensaries and very few minority owned farms. And it's really important that we support um, those who have like done the work to be in the legal market and just knowing as much as you can, I think is important. And, and then learning just, that's the that's the place to lead from but like the medicine is meant for everybody and ultimately like it shouldn't be such an issue it should be something where like you just have some plants in your backyard in the Mm. same way that you would have Mm. like thyme or mint or tomatoes or whatever it is that you grow like this is just another herb that you grow and learning that history and learning about like the way that cannabis has always been used by indigenous people and that it is such an integral part of like all spiritual practices. Like there's no spiritual, um, there's no spiritual path that I can think of that does not have some sort of tie to cannabis somewhere. So just learning about that really will open your eyes to this much bigger world than what maybe the billboard or the ad for like this type of edible or whatever, like Mm. it's going to open your eyes a little bit more than that. will. um, I was 
watching a video that you and Ash did last year, I think, of your like your favorite products. <laughs> and a oh, lot yeah. of them were cannabis related. Um, I also really laughed when you said CBD is diet weed. Um, but <laughs> I was... It is. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, I was hoping for our listeners, you might be able to share what some of your favorite cannabis related products are right now. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, (laughs) this, this company, I think they're called Best Buds. Either they're called Best Buds or the pipes are called Best Buds. And I'm, well, it's not video, so I won't try to go get them but they're just the cutest little one hitter pipes that you ever did see and there's two of them together and they come in they look like curly fries actually Ooh. and they just like line oh. up next to each other but they're like covid friendly so you can like share a bowl with a friend but they're just like very tiny bowls i can't really you have to look them up but they're just so cute <laughs> and i i love them very much um what else am i enjoying um Oh my God. My favorite thing, my absolute favorite thing is a company called Old Pal. I think that they are probably specifically Northern California and they do packs of ground weed that um, they do them in like five gram, five gram packs and seven gram packs. And they are like, I don't know if y'all, y'all aren't from the South. So maybe tobacco culture was not as big for y'all as it was in North Carolina, but the company American Spirit used to, I'm sure they still do, do packs of ground tobacco, which if you smoke cigarettes is a very handy way to just have tobacco oh, at the yeah. ready. I did. And old pal does these packs that are very similar to that. And this is not, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm talking about tobacco, which is like the, the danger zone of talking about smoking. But I really feel like for me, it is the best way to just have my weed at the ready is to just like already have it ground up and it's in a neat pack and the papers fit neatly in the top of it. It's just like my most favorite thing. Um, and I also love the case smell proof cases that are made by damn, I cannot think of the name of the company. If I do, I'll send it to y'all. Yeah, but let us know. Yeah, there's smell proof cases that are excellent for just like putting your pipe in or your vape or whatever, your dab stuff, whatever the things are, and just like zip it up and throw it in your bag and like it doesn't smell like anything. It's super safe for travel. Um, yeah, I have a lot of favorite weed things, but those are maybe my favorite right now. Do you also incorporate CBD in any of like your skincare or mm. body care, or is that not something that you are into? I'm not that big into it because I don't care that much. I don't know how else to say it. Like I do, I have experienced incredible benefits from CBD skincare, specifically mm. from Cura Leaf skincare. I think they'd make excellent hemp products. Really, really, really good. But um, I don't focus on it just because I have other skincare stuff that I really like. And it's just not, the benefits have not been so extreme for me that I've like, like wanted to invest in that way. But I will say that um, my mother, the way that I 
was first introducing her to um to cannabis was through CBD topicals and um transdermal patches and she really loves the company Mary's Medicinals. They do THC products that she really likes, but the C like one to one ratio stuff like that. That I actually think is a really excellent way to we were talking before about like how would you dip your toe into cannabis? Yeah, yeah. I would definitely say dip your toe with CBD and um and even like a little, like if you get a strain of something, like just putting just a sprinkle of THC product and then a sprinkle of CBD, it's a nice way to ease into smoking. But especially if you're not interested in smoking, CBD, literally anything, edibles, because there are some very strong, extremely potent CBD mm. gummies and stuff like that. So like, you know, it's not for me all the time, but I definitely see the benefit. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, we are back. I would I would love to keep talking about cannabis, but we do want to be respectful of your time and we do want to get into talking about yoga. Um so let us switch gears. Um uh, you alluded a little bit to your uh kind of first foray into yoga, but I'd love if you could for the benefit of our listeners just kind of talk about how you got into yoga and just kind of generally how yoga has influenced your journey of self-acceptance if that's a fair thing to say it literally has and I, i think that makes yes absolutely um so i got into yoga when i was in graduate school i was going through a period of depression that Honestly, if you've been in your early 20s or are human, then you have probably experienced (laughs) something similar. But um, a friend of mine who she's a classmate of mine then and she's now chief of staff at my companies. She at that time was really into Bikram yoga and she was like, oh, my God, come to yoga with me. You're going to love it. And I was like, I'm not doing that because I tried yoga once when I was in high school absolutely hated it. And I was like, this is not for me. I thought it was just for thin white women who were rich, honestly. But um, I went and it, it was really difficult for me. Every posture seemed impossible. The breath work was really challenging. Like just even and Bikram yoga in particular is a style of hot yoga. And even just being in the room that's heated to like 104 degrees, that was very challenging just to stay in the room. But I didn't realize until I started practicing yoga, just how many barriers and boundaries that I've created for myself that Mm. things that I say, like, Mm. this is this is the line, like, I can't go beyond this line. I decided who I was as a human being and Mm -hmm. yoga really pushed me to consider other ways of seeing myself to be like, yeah, actually maybe I can just try to do something. Even if everybody in the room knows that I don't know what I'm doing and like the teacher is looking at me sideways, like that's okay. I'm still just going to go for it. And that idea of like, just do it, just go for it. That was really transformational for me, not just on the yoga mat, but in every other part of my life. And I started to see how it was cropping up in my grad program and in the way that I was approaching life in general. And so much of what yoga is about really has very little to do with like physical exercise or anything that happens with the physical body, to be honest, like every posture is just a vehicle to engage with your deeper self. And for me, what that process has looked like is actually having to accept the conflict that happens at the intersections of my identities. And everybody has this, like everybody has Mm -hmm. deep conflict at the different pieces of ourselves that go together that don't make sense. And I think that typically we veer toward like shame 
and thinking that that feeling shouldn't be there, like that we should always be happy, that there's not, that there's something wrong with us if we're not just like at ease all the time. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that life is conflict and chaos and that that's what has to be accepted ultimately. And so for me, yoga has been a really incredible facilitator of like just being present in this moment and accepting things as they are and accepting myself exactly as I am. And I feel like I still come back to yoga for all the same reasons that I went in the very beginning. Like it's literally just the space where I can be myself. It's okay to, to not have the right answer and to just be a child. It really is the space where my inner child is able to come out. But I never aspired to like be a yoga teacher. I really had no, I'm telling you, I really did not care about yoga at all. And even now, like, I feel like I identify more with the person who's like, yeah, I'm not going to go to a yoga class. I'm like, I feel you do. Like, I'm obsessed with it. I think it's, I believe that everything is yoga. My whole life is yoga practice. And at the same time, I feel you. Well, that was something that always has resonated with me that some teachers have said, which is like not doing the yoga is the yoga. Like it's not if you need to rest and not show up and put yourself through the postures, that is your yoga practice. And I think that can be hard, especially in Western culture to wrap our heads around. It's such a hard concept. And it's also like so deep and so simple at the same time. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, it's this pivot point of like infinite uh infinite understanding and processing and that is why there are so many different styles of yoga so many different teachers of yoga because there are so many different ways to understand that idea and like and that every day of this life is different from the next and that we're in this constant state of change it's just a really it's an interesting paradigm through which to see life but i think it's also like more complex than just like go and do a yoga pose. And sometimes like you go to a yoga class and you're like, this is the worst. Everything (laughs) about this is awful. And like, I don't want to be here. And that not only is that the yoga and that's the whole, the whole point was just to have that experience. But like, it's also okay for that feeling to be there. Like it's okay to feel not good. Like that's one of the things that happens in this life too. That's okay. When when the physical practice like frustrates, do you shift to other like do you shift your focus or suggest people shift their focus to other elements of yoga? Like you've written beautifully about pranayama, which is breath work, and I I feel like that's often you know like pushed aside, and we're just grinding into the physical. But how if it's frustrating for you in a moment or for a long period of time, what do you kind of shift focus to? I'm so glad that you brought up pranayama because, um, and, and called it pranayama too, because pranayama is, I think, a much deeper concept than just breath work, but mm-hmm. that's how we always translate it in English. And like, that's, it's pranayama is everything. It's the energy that connects prana is the, cosmic energy that connects all of us and ultimately every posture is just an opportunity to connect to that so that my thought ultimately is like if you're too focused on the physical which we all get so focused on the physical because what you see and it's what you feel immediately and it's what makes sense but that when you get like really focused on it just turning back to the breath is the 
That's always the answer because like, and turning back to the breath might mean that you stop moving entirely. It might mean that you never start moving. And ultimately the practice doesn't require that you move. It doesn't require that you have limbs or that your body looks any particular way. But if you are alive on this planet as a human being, then you're breathing. And so that breath work is just, that's always the thing to come back to. And in the beginning of practice, like when you first start, that is a really hard concept to understand because breathing is boring. Like ultimately, yes. it's so interesting. It's the most <laughs> so interesting true. thing, but it's boring. And so it's it's not as interesting as saying, I'm going to do a scorpion handstand. Right. Like what the fuck is that even? <laughs> You're like, I would like to know more about that. That looks, Cirque du Soleil looks fun. Sitting and breathing, not so much. So I feel like, and that's why um, this style of pastoral yoga became so popular because it was used literally as a way to get children to calm down. It was like used mm. for young boys. And so that whole, like that youth of practice happens for everybody, no matter when you start practicing. So that I think everybody kind of comes to it with like, I want to do the, the cool thing. You know, I want to be right. big, yeah. but ultimately like the way to go deeper into the postures, the way to practice scorpion handstand, for example, is to just focus on breathing because the, Posture is really just asking you to breathe while you're in that shape. So if you just focus on breathing, then you're doing all the work that's going to allow you to allow your physical body to do so much more. But yeah, focus on breathing. You're just everything you're saying is just kind of um, making me sort of rethink the the way that Western culture kind of hierarch hierarchical sizes. I don't know Hell that's yeah, word. that's exactly um, right. Yes. Wow. Um, yoga practices and like the quote unquote goal is to, you know, do these harder, harder and harder quote unquote postures, you know, poses. And, and it's like, it's not thinking about what is actually hard. Maybe just sitting and breathing is hard. Mm. Exactly. And that's the thing about it is that just to sit and breathe is so hard. And especially because we are always trying to be, we're in a constant state of motion, not even just physical motion, but thought. Like one yeah. of the things with meditation that I definitely stopped me in the beginning was like, and <laughs> I say the beginning, every time I sit to meditate, this mm. is what comes up is like, my mind is moving really fast. There are a lot of thoughts in here. Like it's like you try to get quiet and then immediately there's a cacophony of sound. And knowing that that cacophony is supposed to be there, it's a part of being alive. Like if your mind is moving, that means that your things are doing what they should, but that it's okay for all of those thoughts to be there. Yeah. That idea is so hard to rest with yeah. and to just let it all be there. To be in a state of calm while in a state of chaos, that is the hardest posture. And you don't need to do anything more than just lie on your back to experience that. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's this, it's so helpful to hear you say that because I really enjoy my restorative yoga practice. But there's always that little part of my brain that's like, 
uh, what you know what's this really doing mm-hmm. you know what i mean but it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah actually like, no right exactly it's no. like no this is the harder practice and also like so many it's uh, the whole concept of restoration is so interesting to me because like what does it mean to restore ourselves really mm-hmm. and like like what is um d- like what is depth and what is hard and like yeah. to yeah. actually just be in the tender places of ourselves a lot of restorative yoga is postures that are like like look relaxing on the surface, but are really asking so much of oh your God. vulnerability and like need for you to be uh, tender in a way that is not co-signed in our world. Yeah. Like it is not, we're yeah. told to like put on suits of armor. So like that in and of itself is like this really intense, like uh, admission of self to just be that way, to just be, soft and tender i've never heard anybody articulate it that way that's so i love that Mm, mm. and it just it makes i mean it also makes me think a lot about what you've written about white supremacy and and yoga Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. things that i never really thought about the ways that white supremacy has imprinted on yoga um Mm -hmm. in ways that just go so much deeper than just like oh yes thin white women do yoga like it's like it's so much deeper than that totally yeah it's like you know white supremacy is they put that shit on everything it's in everything that we do it's like kind of you can just assume that it's there and um and i think that just the noticing of it is in and of itself so much of the healing that needs to be done in our world. And white supremacy is in yoga, just like it's in everything else. And I feel like the practice offers us this space of deep compassion for one, for ourselves and then for one another that like we're all a part of this. It's a system that we're all co-signing on. And so to notice it and to notice the ways that that some of us benefit, that many of us do not benefit from it, noticing all of that and being present to it and not showing up in a space of like, like, how can I fix this? Or like, right. what, what can, what yeah. if we assume that there's nothing to be done about it? And also that it's neither good nor bad. It just is mm. that as a question is so healing and it offers, it offers a lot of space for healing and for the conversations that I think otherwise are pretty much impossible because we get to a place of just competing with one another and fighting and, yeah. and that doesn't actually lead to healing. It just makes more uh, sadness. Love how you <clears throat> you point out that confronting the white supremacy within ourselves is the is the yoga practice and how that that just sh- that just really shifted my my thinking on the way I think about my own participation as a white woman in yoga and it just I I loved the way you framed that. It's a really beautiful opportunity that we have to heal in this way to be. Um, to tune in and i i don't know how much i ended up i don't know how much of this actually ended up in yoke but it was definitely a lot of my research was just thinking about like why are there so many white people who practice yoga like just what how how did this come to be and it's Mm -hmm. like well if you look at the scale of like why someone would do a practice like this 
it comes from like having some amount of spare time on your hands. Like there's some amount of like comfort and flexibility and freedom of time and energy. And so for me, this was my speculation that white people, especially in the United States and in the United Kingdom, have had a lot of, have had a lot more time on their hands than other, and flexibility and access to resources than the rest of us. Mm -hmm. So it would make sense that there would be a lot of white people who are able to practice yoga and especially that white, that, uh, that yoga would become a hierarchical sport where like it matters what mat you use and where you got your leggings from and like all of these different consumerist ideologies that, and then like looking at how all things are sold and seeing the similarities between how yoga is sold and how everything else is sold and just noticing the similarities that in and of itself to me feels like a step forward because mm. there's so much pretending that's happening. Like everyone's yeah. trying to act like, I don't want to talk about that. So let's just not talk about it. And it's like, I know it smelled, the trash smells bad. Like I feel you, but we have to at least look at it if we're going to take it out. I know we need to let you go. And so I hate to shift gears in such an abrupt way, but I would. Oh, I would be remiss before we end things to not ask about your skincare product favorites because I heard you mention that you have skincare products that you love. We talk about skincare a lot here. Would you share any favorites that you have with our audience? God, I would love to. <laughs> so right now I'm obsessed with skincare because I was, uh, well, all the, all the people in my family have like skin different kinds of skin issues. And so mm. I have been very conscious of it since I was young. And I used to get made fun of a lot when I was a kid for having really dry skin in particular. And so I developed a complex around it. So there's all this unpacking of that that has to happen too. But as a result, I now I'm like really obsessive about it. And the products that I, I don't really like to use things that are not that I don't know what the ingredients are or like that I can't figure that I I'm not, I don't like to use just like a lot of random chemicals and it's cause my skin is really sensitive and just really immediately reactive. Like I can't even just change one or two products every once in a while. Like I have to go through a full like 19 day, like let's see how it's looking. So all of that to say that I have really been enjoying Keys Soul Care skincare products. And these are, this is Alicia Keys skincare line. Ooh. And I, you know, celebrities make products and you'd be like, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm not going to lie. Like every celebrity helmed product that I have tried, I've really fucked with. Like even I'm thinking about like <laughs> skims by Kim Kardashian. Oh, I'm like, yes. Kim Kardashian <laughs> knows about shapewear and her shapewear line shows you that. So anyway, um, but Alicia Keys knows about skincare and she like, that is really evident in the products. And so I really like and use their golden cleanser their um i think the exfoliator is called be luminous be luminous exfoliator the um i don't remember what all the products are called but i use the face cream the lip balm 
and the um eye cream as well. And those are all just like, and the Harmony mask, which is like a charcoal uh type of mask that they do. I think it's amazing. Um, then I also really enjoy Sage Wellness. They're um they do essential oils like as their main thing. So like really good essential oil roll-ons and um diffusion blends and shit like that. But they came out with their first skincare line last year. And all, all the products I think are really great. But I particularly like the oils and the serums. And I use um I just sort of rotate them, um, the different serums, but those I think are excellent because they really, they know their shit about oil. Yeah. This but, is Sage. Yeah, those are my go-to. S-A-J-E. S-A-J-E. Right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you for those recommendations. Yes. Rushing yeah, I, out to you know, Google. Yeah. Kate, I feel like we've, we've talked about Alicia Keys's skincare line, but we've never tried it. So this tried is a it. good reminder to go out and get some. I know. Yeah, I'm curious to hear what y'all think of it. It's something that like I did not have I didn't I didn't I didn't know what to think. I was like, eh, we'll see how this goes. And now it's like, oh yes. I mean, I guess it, it like it makes sense, right? Cuz she's like she famously, you know, doesn't wear makeup and Exactly. Yeah. So that's she the thing about it. Needs to <laughs> make it's, sure that her skin looks good. <laughs> exactly. And it's all about like promoting your inner glow and like really letting mm. that shine out, which is such a huge piece of the puzzle. And I mean, there's also hydration and s- sleeping that I think are probably yeah. like an environment. Yeah. They do and help. I guess what you eat too. Yeah. Uh, well, Jessamyn, I mean, I feel like we have a million more things we could have asked you, so you'll you'll just have to come back on the show sometime. Um, oh, you're not <laughs> busy. Not okay. Um, yeah, y'all are fun. But, oh, this was so fun. Thank you so much. And what? where are the best places for our listeners to find you and kind of follow along with what you do? Totally. You can find me on Instagram at my name is Jessamyn. You can find my yoga studio at the Underbelly Yoga on Instagram as well. And my podcast at Dear Jessamyn. And you can find links to all of that. My books, Everybody Yoga and Yoke, my yoga of self-acceptance. You can get everything at jessaminstanley.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks again. Thank you all so much. Have a wonderful day. Dory, I just Kate. like I feel so lucky we get to talk to people like this. Ah, <laughs> uh, me too. Also, I was so glad I when I heard her say like early on in the interview, like there are other skin care products I like more. I was like, Bing, Bing, Bing. I gotta ask, like I gotta know what she's using. Mm-hmm. I do. I know. Love, I was glad. I was glad that you asked that. I just do love that. Like, you know, we contain multitudes as humans. And we can all enjoy our skincare practice and also go on to do these amazing things in the world. Yes. Amen to that. That's all I want to say. And I, I'm really glad also we got to talk about cannabis because that's something that listeners have written into us about. And I don't feel qualified to speak on it. Um, yeah, same. And I just, I really am grateful that we got to kind of dig into that a little bit with her. Yes. Yes. All right. <sighs> It is intention time, Dory, and I have just really not been getting nailing my intentions at all in the last few weeks. 
Well, Kate, you've had a few things going on. I did have a book come out and I'm still in kind of the throes of doing press and events. I had wanted to microcurrent last week. I wanted to dig out my new face and try to microcurrent. Let me tell you how that went. I did not do it. I am like barely functioning at this point. I did not. No, I mean, in a good way, but I just didn't, I didn't understand how intense this kind of week of book release would be. Like, in addition yeah. to just doing a lot, like the kind of emotional release and the exhaustion, like my house is a mess, like a mess. I can't even, there's just like food everywhere. So anyway, I didn't do this. And my intention for this week is just to rest. That's it. Rest. Yes. I love it. Okay. All right. Take me on your intention journey for this week, Dory. Okay. So last week I talked about how I was starting the new Power Zone Pack Challenge. And I, I've, I've been doing it. So I, (laughs) I did the first ride on Tuesday, the first ride for the week on Tuesday. And it was like, you know, I hadn't really been riding that much, like in between. I mean, I, I'd done like one ride in between challenges. Like I was just not feeling getting back on the bike. And now I realized like I do really like this structure. Mm. I mean, I've known this, but like this was like a really good. I mean, I also was dealing with some other like I hurt my foot and, you know, there were just like some other extenuating yeah. circumstances. But um, it did feel really good to just be like back in it. Um and then last night I was like, I was like, I should do my second ride. And I was like, I could just do it tomorrow. I have some time in the afternoon. And I was like, no, I should just do it. And then I was like, no, I'm tired. <laughs> no. I was like, I should just do it. And I did it. Okay. I did it. And it and it was like fine and good. And then it was done. Lesson learned, you know? Lesson I feel like we have to learn learned. that over and over and over again. Oh, my God. Yeah. It just like doesn't, it never stops. Um, so this week, inspired by Jessamine, Ooh. I want to do a little bit more yoga. I have not, like my yoga practice has really been suffering. Yeah, I, I hear you. Say. I hear you. Um, and it's just like, it just has so many benefits. And Jessamine just like reminded me of all of that. So... I don't have like, I'm going to do it every day or, you know, whatever. I, I just like, uh, I want to just kind of mindfully get back into yoga. All right, Dory. I know talking to Jessamine also really made me want to revisit my yoga practice in a meaningful way. Mm. You know, I mean, like I have I'm like my yoga teacher training certification and stuff and I like rarely practice anymore. And I just, everything she was just saying about what yoga is in her Vision was just so powerful. Yes, mm, totally. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. <laughs> Calm down, me. All right. Well, Dory, always a pleasure. Okay. Always, always. You know, and I guess we just need to tell everybody that this show, Forever 35, is hosted and produced by us, Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer. And it's produced and edited by Sam Junio. And Sammy Reed is our project manager. Our network partner is ACAST and We thank you all so much for listening and for being with us over the last two years and four years, but you know, through the pandemic. Totally. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.